0: Uh, if you've been with us, you know that we began a series looking at how to engage the world, the culture, the people around us, the communities that we live in. Uh, this series is really for people that are sick and tired of uh, evangelism, so to speak, or they're disgusted by it or convinced that it can't be done uh, in any sort of reasonable way because of mistakes that have been made in the past or because of people that we've encountered that have been rude or unkind or judgmental, uh, and they somehow view uh, their rejection as persecution. So we're bothered, troubled, and we wonder whether we can engage in the world around us in any sort of meaningful way. We've been looking at the life of Jesus because no one engages his community better than he does. No one has a broad sort of approach as he ministers, cares for, reaches the people that he encounters. And this story this morning gets right at the heart of it because Jesus encounters a Gentile, uh, more specifically a military officer, a soldier. What's stunning is that Jesus gladly serves him. Now this isn't new. We've seen him do this before. Last week it was a Syrophoenician woman. We saw Jesus' humor and his ability, his willingness uh, to care for people outside the boundaries. Look with me as I read both from Matthew and uh, the sister story in Luke as well. Look at these stories. When Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed, suffering terribly. Jesus said to him, shall I come and heal him? The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority when soldiers, with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes, and that one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed and said to those following Truly I tell you, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown outside into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When Jesus said, then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, let it be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that moment. And then from Luke. When Jesus had finished saying all this to the people who were listening, he entered Capernaum. There, a centurion's servant, whom his master valued highly, was sick and about to die. The centurion heard of Jesus and sent some elders of the Jews to him, asking him to come and heal his servant. When they came to Jesus, they pleaded earnestly with him, This man deserves to have you do this, because he loves our nation and has built our synagogue. So Jesus went with them. He was not far from the house when the centurion sent friends to say to him, Lord, don't trouble yourself, for I do not deserve to have you come to my roof. That is why I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you. But say the word, and my servant will be healed, for I myself am a man under authority with soldiers under me. I tell this one, go, and he goes. That one, come, and he comes. I say to my servant, do this, and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was amazed at him. Turning to the crowd, following him, he said, I tell you, I have not found such great faith even in Israel. Then the men who had been sent returned to the house and found the servant well. Let's pray together. Father, we pray that you'd be with us as we look into this story. A story that's really familiar to us, and yet a story very far from us. Jesus engaging a world very different than his own. A world very far from him, and yet one that he gladly, willingly, joyfully embraces. We pray that you would be with us, that you would change us. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Even the word evangelism, uh, engagement, makes us, well, uh, to be honest, it makes us very nervous. We have all kinds of strange ideas about what that means. Uh, Some simply fear it. having been convinced it is a technique or a method that's to be used, dropping it in the conversations with the dread that whatever happens next will be bad, um, that it will not have good results. Some insist that it needs to include drawing lines, hard lines, firm lines, about what's right and wrong, ignoring the fact uh, that the Scriptures forbid us from doing so and insisting that it's the Spirit's job. For others of us, It's just another topic that really makes us feel inadequate and guilty. Um, But instead of retreating, that's one option. Instead of isolating, instead of condemning those around us, Jesus calls us through these stories, this story, to something really different. He desires, commands, calls His people to understand the culture around us, urging us to stop condemning the world around us. His passion is that we would listen, that we might be for the world would be another description. He's eager, if you're one of his people, that you would imitate him in this way, that you would gladly live to serve those around you, those radically different than yourself. We really do believe that Jesus wants us to be like him in that regard. And developing intimate relationships with our world, with our culture, with our neighbors is a part of that. We're going to look at this story really in two simple ways this morning. Just who is this guy, number one, and how does Jesus respond? That would be a very simple way of looking at this. It seems straightforward enough, at least to us. Both accounts tell us that it's a centurion, a, a soldier, a Roman soldier on top of that. The problem is that's not normally what we would think of. This was a military officer in the occupying army of Rome. Rome had garrisons of soldiers that they would place throughout the ancient Near East to keep people in line. This guy also, in case you didn't pick up in the story, is a slave owner. He's a master. Luke gives us more detail, but... Matthew focuses more on Jesus' response. See, we think we know who this guy is, but we're really not prepared fully uh, for this story. Uh, Certainly his uh, disciples, those who were with him, were not prepared for this at all. What do we learn about this guy is this. He's incredibly caring. I don't know if you notice, he deeply cares for those who work for him, actually. He takes responsibility for them even. The text, it's not obvious, but it even goes so far as to imply that he has real affection for those that are working for him. They were dear to him. He highly valued them. He longs to see this servant of his well that he would not suffer anymore. It 's not just the care in the story it 's also the reputation that 's seen here, which we sort of skip over, but according to Luke, a delegation of Jews have actually come to Jesus to plead on his behalf. The fact that we sort of brush over that just ignores that that 's really astonishing it 's just unheard of. Here we go again um, um, yeah i 'm cutting this off because I